everyone. We're at David Cook Workshop. I'm Chad Cordero, and I was speaking to Red Martin today. Hi. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, okay, cool. Should we get into it? Mm. When was the first time in, you came through to the workshop? Hmm. It was actually quite some years back, um, and I produced a series of monotypes with uh, Evan Devet, and I was horribly intimidated by the process at the time. I haven't actually finished them, <laughs> and that's seven or eight years back. And I still haven't finished them, they're sitting in a portfolio bag somewhere. And I actually still mean to finish them. That's, that's really, that's dope actually, it's yeah. really interesting. For me to work on, on the previous drive point project that, that you made in the space, it's a process where there's a lot of proofs. These prints kind of have multiple states and multiple layers and they go through a very dramatic shift. And it's really interesting to hear that the monotypes aren't finished yet because I think that's in terms of the way you specifically engage with prints as a medium. I think it's a process that not a lot of artists employ, not a lot of print shops, I guess, allow. Mm. So Jill, who I very much see as the manager of the print shop, was gone. And this for me was like a great <laughs> opportunity to relinquish my inhibitions and make and draw the way I thought would be a good way to handle a print. So I set about drawing and then Chad made the first proof. And I was like, nah, this isn't what I want. And then I drew some more and then he made the second proof. And I was like, nah, this isn't what I want. And then it went to the third and fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth and ninth and tenth and eleventh and twelfth. And literally I'm in one edition has about 14 or 15 proofs. It's part of the um, dystopic perspective series and I, I guess what I started experiencing was the kind of obsessive relationship to the print and a dissatisfaction. All this dissatisfaction drove the process and it's taken me two years to look back on that and to look at each one of those working proofs and to see the value in that but essentially at the time it was quite like dissatisfied or until such time I got to something. And for me it's a curious thing to relinquish control over what I want in my head and what emerges on, on paper. It's something I'm still kind of battling with. So as a printer, like watching Red work and rework and rework these plates as much as there was a disdain for them at the time and I could see, I could yeah. see that there was like a frustration with the artist that I was working with. I, it was it was the most beautiful thing for me because the way the way Red started to build up the matrix to build up the copper plates with these really really intense dry point marks, almost using his entire weight to make marks in the plate, builds up these images to such a strong point where the plates themselves became quite sculptural. So wiping, I remember like wipe, wiping the burrs on the plates. The burrs are so heavy that they'd rip the tarlatan, or that they'd rip holes in my gloves, or you know, the burrs from the cop copper would cut my hands. And there was, you could feel, like wiping the plates and printing those plates, you could feel both in the image and by wiping them and by watching him work on these plates that they were really intense, really aggressive sculptural objects. And I mean, that was, that was the beginning of the process. After that, he'd flatten an area and I'd proof it, flatten another area and I'd proof it until he'd sand majority of these burrs away and then put something on top of it. And it was this constant 
negotiation between reds and the plates on how to build up areas and then flatten them but keep certain sections and eventually I mean I guess that's why the, the final edition looks so intensely intricate and so layered because there's wildly different marks that have been built up and flattened down and drawn over over an intense period of time like the working process to watch a sculptor if you don't mind me to watch a sculptor work really really intensely sculpturally on on metal objects and not necessarily see them as you know these flat things but as sculptural three-dimensional objects was really beautiful to watch. What Chad is picking up on is my relationship to the material, to the copper. And I remember feeling like I'm negotiating this piece of metal here. And this becomes a kind of aesthetic experience as opposed to a visual experience. And I guess that's what's happened to me over the years as I've become the sculptor. Somehow I'm looking at an object but I'm also trying to feel its weight. And and there's a there's where I spoke spoke about the dissatisfaction. For me the synergy lies in getting the visual experience to match the kind of aesthetic experience. And that's like I mean such an interesting thing Chad's picked up on. And it's almost unconscious with me now that I can't just see the image anymore. I've got to feel this this mm. thing. I've got to pull the needle through that copper and the burrs. I mean, I remember also like cut, literally cutting my finger on a burr. And I don't remember this experience being, the, having an experience like this when I first made prints as a student. Then I was still engaged in a very visual relationship. Yeah. And there seems to be something more now that I'm actually feeling my way through. Yeah, mm. there's, there's something very different between you know, making a drawing on a copper plate and actually working the plate. Like mm. being able to, to erase marks on a drawing, a lot of the time, depending on, on how you draw, you can get rid of, you can completely get rid of an image. Yeah. With, with copper, there's, you can get rid of an image, but what remains is most often completely out of your control because sheets of copper are not made as pure as they were. So some areas of your mark will hold stronger than others and there's like mm. a relinquishing of control over how much of the image you can flatten, how much work you're putting, you're willing to put into flatten those images. And not a lot of people can do it. Like not a lot of people can completely finish pretty much because red, red state proofs are all they're finished images so his I mean his working proofs I think you know they're all really nicely constructed like separate drag point images but he keeps or kept flattening areas or complete images to work on top of them and that creates like a really complex field of marks which is really difficult with drag points mm. so a lot of people think it think of it as a visual thing and as you're saying you're making a drawing and that you're making a drawing that you can multiply when in fact it's it can be viewed in, in very different more three-dimensional sculptural ways about how the body engages with the plates uh, just to pick up on that i mean <laughs> one literally has to engage one's abs to, <laughs> to, to flatten a heavy mark by burnishing it out and you like have to stand over this thing and flatten it out with all your strength yeah that's it's it's interesting because there's a kind of archaeological thing going on, a reverse archaeology, where I'm kind of creating how I see so many layers upon other layers upon other layers that it becomes almost a, a, a document of like a long period of time. Yeah. And, and so 
something that happened long ago is left as a vague trace on the surface and the immediate image is like what's happening now you know William has been doing something similar with charcoal for for years where he, and especially in his animations and he he animates that process where he'll take a, a drawing and he starts the drawing and he wipes it out and so the drawing uh, morphs into something else and something else. But this all happens on one surface, on one plate, and there's no tracing the process unless one becomes very astute to finding the traces on that immediate surface. The newer work emerges out of a my 2011 sculpture called Mine, which was a schematic of a mine made in very fine wood. And the idea was that you could look through the landscape and your eyes would penetrate under the surface and you could see what was happening under the surface and you could see the mine shafts and the, the uh, excavation that was happening on a subterranean level. And it's interesting because this is how the this is how we kind of explaining the prints that at the end there's a subterranean thing that's going on. Yeah. And subterranean in terms of the surface of that copper. Uh, and the the landscapes I would say are like an emergent property of mine, the Johannesburg, the mines, the I think like on a subconscious level, possibly I'm picking up the the feel of Johannesburg, you know. Um, living in the city, I mean, you know, you know, this place can throw out some pretty heavy imagery every day, and some of it's got a brutality about it. I think it is that kind of aesthetic, like body thing goes into it, and there's this heaviness to it, and it, it, it emerges as a, as a dystopic thing. I think there are like like most metropolises that exist, there are spaces that are gentrified, but there's also, I think, more aggressive or confrontational spaces. People use different spaces for what's needed. I think Johannesburg is a space that's, from my experience, probably the best reflection of, of that, which is, is a beautiful thing for me. Mm -hmm. I think it speaks to the same way in which, as an example, like cutting my hands on the birds that on Red's plates produced what I think really beautifully made and beautifully visually, beautiful visual images. So I think Johannesburg as a space is, is a really interesting, it's kind of an interesting example of a city in which people use space the way it's needed rather than use space the way it is, it was intended to be used mm -hmm. as an example. Um, and again, I think it ties, ties back to your images and I'm obviously really, really interested in the process and picking up on all these little things, but a lot of these plays started out as what seemed like a response to the, the works that you made in Swangseni in terms of the, the content. So the horses came back. I don't think at the beginning your marks were as aggressive or intense mm. or linear than, than they were closer to the end, you know, closer to the editioning process. Looking back on the, and I didn't realize when we were in it, but looking back on the proofs last week when you, when you came in to sign, the journey was a lot more apparent. So mm. the visual cues you were using, the, the actual content, the imagery in the prints, and how it started to shift from the beginning of you coming to the workshop to the end of, mm. like, burying the shit out of these plates mm -hmm. with your tool and creating. They became, 
like more organic, naturally orientated images to quite aggressive, very linear ones. Something I want to pick up on what you're saying is the this this way that this way that the print emerges as this progressively aggressive thing, and then my relationship to the city, and ultimately looking back on it two years later, there's this acceptance. You both kind of use the word frustrated and struggle when you mm. speak about the process and working on the mm. plate. So now how does that feed into your process? Interestingly, this is something that I'm working with on a, on a personal level at the moment, is how, how do I see my art? How have I built up these, uh, these ideas and patterns around making art and it being a frustrating process? So I want to see art as a, as a nurturing, encouraging process, as a engaging and a happy process. <laughs> and I guess this, this struggle concept comes out of, out of some ways of seeing the world uh, that are related to politics and particularly South African politics and particularly my own history in that. You know, my mom was a um, an activist, so to speak, and I grew up drawing um, protest posters for the various organisations she worked in, and some of my work is in those protest books. And, really, yeah. that's so cool. And um, there's this concept of the struggle, the struggle, and it gets reminded, and then you start. I start identifying with artists like Van Gogh and uh, Rembrandt, and and these guys who are like, no, you must struggle with the image, and the image must be a struggle, and and uh, and finally, out of that struggle, uh, kind of something emerges, like the birthing of it. And I even spoke just now about the birthing of this image and all of this. And this is not something that I. I feel like this is something I'm working out of. I'm wanting to work in ways that are vision. And that vision is fruitful. And I, I'm, I'm glad you picked up on that. And I think I'm still, mm. I'm still there. <laughs> Again, I think it's another reason why maybe we work together so well. Because I think up to this point, we've had very similar views on the physicality of print material. There's, there's a very physical process that's happening. It's a very physical discussion between your body and the plate. And I enjoy the process of like wiping really, really strong words because they're there, they're present. I have to negotiate these things. And I guess there was, it might have been the unconscious thing, but, or subconscious thing, but I remember really, really identifying with the way that Red was working the plates, like really physically intense, like laborious process. It's not about, you know, working for the image. Red was talking about the way Van Gogh and, and other artists speak about, you know, having to, to struggle for this image, I think it's the beauty for me lies in the fact that it's a negotiation between what the plate does to your body and what you're doing to the plate. Mm -hmm. So, it, whether it's a, a needle or a carving tool, the force that you're directly applying with your body to that plate is destroying or removing or you know re reorganizing the makeup of that matrix. Mm -hmm. So it's always you know what what you're doing to the plate it's doing the same thing to you. You're gonna wake up with swollen forearms or like cut hands or like, you know, scratches all over your palms from wiping dry point plates. Yeah. But 
no one it's a situation where no one gets out of it yeah. without having mm. expended anything mm. perhaps the way I'd like to reimagine my relationship to these ideas is that it's not it's 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 a struggle worth having yeah it's a struggle it's it's a bit like a struggle for achievement it's, it's a struggle with a sense of purpose so it has for me an outcome which which is like yeah my hands are, are cut up and but I feel good about it you know uh, I feel like I've done a good hard day's work and I yeah. feel I feel satisfied That's yeah I know it's interesting that it's like the first time you've said like when in your process and with your with mm. your working and stuff it's like the satisfactions mm. in the in the in the labor in the like mm. frustration mm. it is the satisfaction mm. that comes from it yeah I hope at every point once all of this has happened that I am left with an image that I can stand back and go I like that mm. yeah. you know I hope so too <laughs> 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 yeah. Is Red um, quite quite strict? <laughs> no, Red's super chill actually. Red's like super super chill, um, really friendly. <laughs> so your your prints that you've actually done here, um, your state proofs, are all going to feature in this upcoming project. Yeah. What's very interesting about the project was that I think I'm not sure how it worked exactly, but I was originally scheduled to have an exhibition in October. And then there was this reshuffling of, of uh, artists. So what Amaykem suggested was that we have a small show toward a bigger show in time to come. And I was initially, I was like, how am I going to get a show ready for July? Then I thought to myself, well, hang on, it could be a process-driven show. Since the prints are about the process, why can't the show be about the process? And what I'd done, I don't know whether to re reveal this or not, but... Okay. <laughs> what I'd done in December was I'd built a model, model of the gallery and I, with all intention of showing um, you guys what I intended to do on the shows. And the January I brought that model in and I had some big ideas for the show and, and then we decided to move the show forward and so then uh, uh, we had to reimagine what we could do with the show and May said well the model's cool and, I'm, and I went home and I thought about it and I was like let's show the process of making the show. What's happening, what's happening here is like seeing the state proofs. It is the kind of conceptual phases and the studio phases of making shows that I want to expose. And the reason why it's called 1 in 10 is because I've scaled the gallery down to a 1 in 10 scale of the gallery and then into that I will insert sculptures and little installations and paintings and what have you. Yeah. And in a, in a similar way I want to expose a process rather than a finished product. Of course, there's definitely something to look forward to, to see yeah. all of this happening and, yeah. you know, it's obviously going to be just, just as surprising to everyone as it will be as to, it will be to you. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, I'm pretty sure like, uh, we can wrap it up. Mm. I guess one thing to mention is you are going to be having a talk on mm -hmm. Folks Thursday. 
Yeah. The 5th of July. Yeah, the talk's on the... Yeah. First Thursday, there's a talk. Then on the Saturdays, there's a similar kind of talk. And I want the talks to kind of be interactive because the work is about process. I want, I'm really interested in, in how other people might change the work, how they see the work. I mean, um, possibly even encourage them to like move things around the model if they want cool. to. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, well, I mean, I think it's been pretty cool to have Chad as mm. well here being part of your printing process and mm. now that your solo project's coming up. Mm. And it's also process-driven and everything, so I think it was quite fitting to mm. hear what you guys had to say yeah, about working mm. together. Mm. So cool. thanks very much, guys. Thanks, <laughs> Bruce.